It's central banks versus COVID. That's the story today. The RBA could well push ahead with its tapering today, but if they don't, it'll be because of concerns about rising cases of the Delta strain, or at least the optics of tapering when the economy is in lockdown. It's going to be a similar story in Europe later this week, but the direction is more clear-cut in Canada. And in New Zealand, it's a much clearer path for the RBNZ, as well as the country eases its lockdown restrictions. Also today, the fallout still from Friday's payroll numbers from the States. It's Tuesday, the 7th of September, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the Aussie dollar is down a third of 1% this morning at 74.3 US cents. The pound is down a quarter percent. The euro marginally down. The US dollar is up on the yen and a 0.2% on the Swiss franc as well. Not much bond movement. Well, it has been Labor Day in the United States, of course. Yields are a little weaker across much of Europe and US stock markets closed, but the futures were on the rise. And in Europe, we saw a 1% rise in the euro stocks 50. The DAX also up 1%. The FTSE 100 up 0.7% and falls in oil more and a half percent fall in WTI and Brent. Brent is down to $72 now. Uh, WTI falling below $69. And it's Ray Attrell with me today, head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. So I tell you, Ray, there is nothing equity markets like more than a bad result. And if, I mean, if it means central banks are a little bit pessimistic about the future and they're going to keep what they're doing for a bit longer, uh, then they like that. Is that what we're seeing today? Spot on, I think. Yeah, good morning, Phil. <laughs> Don't take that punch bowl away. The merest hint of a punch bowl being uh, being drained is, um, you know, so it strikes fear through the hearts of, of equity markets, or so it would seem anyway. But um, yeah. so certainly looking at the, you know, I mean, arguably the Euro stocks 50, which you've mentioned, was up just over 1%. Now, obviously, um, you know, that market had full, the full opportunity to react to the uh, to the softer than expected payrolls numbers on Friday. But um, so arguably that was already in the price, but it hasn't stopped them uh, pushing ahead and, uh, and say some decent gains in uh, in Asia uh, yesterday, which may maybe for slightly different reasons. But uh, but by and large, I think it uh, you know it is that uh, the promise of uh, free money for longer. Um, you know, never underestimate the ability of that to keep the uh, equity fires burning. Yeah, well, on those Asian ones, so the Nikkei was up two point nine percent, wasn't it? Uh, maybe the announcement over the weekend that their PM was going to step down might have a bit to do with that. Maybe not. Uh, you I tell think, me. But I also, think it does. Well, okay. Well, that's so that's good and then these csi 300 also up almost three percent and yet you know we've had this concern lately haven't we about chinese investments given you know the increase in regulation from china including that excellent idea last week that kids should only play three hours of computer games a week that was inspiration you like it that one aren't you? <laughs> i love it i we just wish we wish could imply it at my house but i mean it, it, and yet you know no, obviously those concerns have uh, drifted away a little bit if we're seeing the uh, csi 300 uh, stepping up no, absolutely. So just I mean, on the Japanese one, I've been scratching my head a little bit and saying, why is that the Nikkei has been the strongest performing uh, equity market in this region for uh, for a few days now? And um, and coincidentally or not, you can date it to um, you know the announcement towards the end of last week that uh, that Prime Minister Suga was was not going to stand for re-election at the forthcoming LDP um, elections. And most people would say, oh really? And that uh, you know I like my song titles. It would be um, it would be the Who um, won't get fooled again. Meet the new boss. 
same as the old boss. But um, but markets do seem to be enamoured of the view that when we get a new prime minister and assuming that the LDP is going to uh, secure another victory at their forthcoming elections, that we may get more fiscal stimulus or, or more stimulus for the economy than might otherwise have been the case. So I think at the margin that might have been a factor. Um, and then on China, um, you know, we are we have had some fairly sort of heavy handed hints about, um, you know, policy support, particularly for the SME sector. Um, and I think yeah. for the time being, at least that seems to have overridden, um, you know, concerns um, about sort of regulatory uh, crackdowns where, you know, the market does seem to have, you know, it's taken it on the chin and in, in the process at least of, of recovering. And, and obviously the, you know, the signs that the, the economy is, is, is more fully reopening, um, that they do seem to have, uh, have contained the spread of the Delta variant, at least for now. I think uh, that they've been the overriding factors against that sort of regulatory yeah. backdrop, which uh, continues to be a worry, I think, for, for global investors. Although a lot so, of, um, I know a lot of uh, global funds or investment banks have been saying that uh, this is a dip buying opportunity as far as the hit that they've taken. So uh, good luck with that. But, um, you know, that's, it doesn't <laughs> seem to have uh, permanently impacted international investors' uh, enthusiasm for uh, for being, um, for seeing China as a, a long-term buy and hold. Yeah. Well, there we are. I mean, a double whammy, isn't it? They're opening up and they're getting more central bank support, it would seem. But what about the RBA today? Are they going to pause tapering? As uh, Tapas was saying yesterday, it would, uh, you know, the, the only reason they wouldn't do it would be because of the optics, because of the rising COVID cases that could cause the delay. But views are very mixed on this, aren't they? If you, if you look around from, uh, from other banks, uh, from economists, no one seems to be able to agree on what's going to happen today. No, I mean, the last service that I've seen suggests that um, the small majority of those polled uh, are thinking that they will um, bench or defer that that taper Um, and that again would be largely around the optics, you know, go back a few weeks to the RBNZ's decision. Uh, everybody fully expected them to raise rates and then uh, the Delta strain hit, uh, hit Auckland uh, the, the day before the meeting. Um, and the RBNZ, who also told us afterwards we were thinking we might raise rates by 50 basis points, decided not to do it essentially because of the optics and the uncertainty. Um, I'm not sure we have the same uncertainty around now and the, and the danger perhaps from a market reaction from deferring the taper would be to say, well, the RBA, the RBA is, is not confident uh, that we are going to see a vigorous economic rebound probably commencing before the end of the year, um, you know, given, um, you know, the evident success of, of the vaccine rollout and how that is going to allow economic reopening. So we're still of the view that they uh, that they stick with their, their promise to taper. But it's uh, we, we accept the, you know, the message about the optics and um, with a small majority mm. um, expecting them to, uh, to defer the taper, then clearly there's going to be um, you know, there should be a, probably a, a little bit of a, dare I say, negative reaction in the rates market, probably a positive intraday reaction on the currency if they uh, if they do proceed. But in the scheme of things, um, you know, I don't think this should be a material sort of impact that will have long lasting impact. But on the day, um, it, it clearly will have some. But it might be limited, might it? Because we because we know the end game, and it's just a question of timing. Uh, you know, it's it uh, surely it's you know it, we know where we're going to get back to. Everyone's expecting this rebound to happen. And it's just a question of when. Well, that's right. Um, but and there must be factored into everyone's pricing. <laughs> must be uncertainty because we don't know from one month to next what COVID is going to do. No, absolutely. But as you say, I mean, it's right about timing. But then, you know, just go back to you know, the, the Friday Monday discussion about uh, about Fed tapering and markets. You know. After I thought Jay Powell did a pretty good job of disassociating the issue of tapering from tightening, um, you know, we get a soft payrolls number. The market says, well, we're at least a couple of months off tapering now. And, uh, you know, and the market goes, um, you know, 
doolally. So, um, so in that sense, you know, how long does the free money, how long does the printing press continue to run at the rate that it is? Mm. Um, you know, it does seem to be having, um, you know, at least uh, ongoing short-term impacts. And then with the ECB decision this week, it really is, isn't it? Central Bank Week this week and the question, because we've got the ECB, it, the decision is all, also uncertain there. The, the bank is split, split pretty evenly between doves and hawks. And then we've got the Bank of Canada this week, where they are expected to delay taping because things are not going so well for them. That's right. No, certainly the numbers there have, uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, hit a little bit of a, a pothole, to say the least, should I say. So I think that's probably reason there. That obviously, you've got political uncertainty at the moment with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, dash to the polls looking like it may well blow up on his in his face looking at the uh, latest polls. That shouldn't really impact on uh, Bank of Canada thinking at least. But I think they've probably seen enough in terms of some unexpectedly soft numbers, particularly those uh, Q2 GDP numbers to say, well, hang on, you know, what's the cost of just uh, holding off a further taper for now? ECB is going to be more interesting. And, um, you know, as, as, you'll, as you'll hear from Gavin later in the week, you know, it'll be a, mm. a taper that, will, that won't be called a taper insofar as well, I think anyway, the expectation is that, you know, they'll just dial back a little bit of the dialing up of the pace of QE purchases that uh, they made earlier in the year. At, uh, so, you know, it's semantics whether they're, uh, they're not buying, buying as many, isn't that yeah. tapering? But um, you know that ECB President Lagarde is, is adamant that, uh, you know, we were, we're going to come out all, all doves blazing <laughs> to the extent that we can um, in the ensuing press conference. So, so let's see. But the expectation is that, you know, there will be less aggressive uh, bond buying come Q4 than there has been in Q2. You've Q3. got a camera in my studio, haven't you? Because I've got it written down here. Why aren't we calling it tapering if they're buying less bonds? Uh, I'm still not quite sure I entirely get it. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll have another go there another day. But look, let's look at the Aussie dollar because it's weaker. Should we read too much into that? Is it is it just because it's a quiet day? We've got a rising US dollar. I mean, we're still well above 73. And that seemed to be the concern. If we if we got below that, then, uh, you know, the wheels might come off. Now we're quite a bit above that. Is this just a sort of like a, a, a hiccup? Could it keep rising? What, what's it going to do next? I don't think we're in that stage where it may now be sort of two steps forward, one step back. Let's remember that the Aussie and Kiwi dollars have, have both risen by well over 4% since about mm. the 20th of August. And that move actually slightly predates the, um, you know, the Jackson Hole speech from, uh, from Fed Chair Jay Powell. And I think it came, you know, in conjunction with, with some improvement in optimism about, uh, you know, getting to the other side of COVID from an you know, economic reopening point of view and signs perhaps that, that you know, China was, was reopening that port, for example, and they were getting on top of things. I think a combination of, uh, you know, some improved sentiment um, towards the global uh, economy fully reopening and to say more relaxed view of the Fed have, have combined to bring the dollar down. And given that the Aussie and the Kiwi dollars have been the currencies that have been hardest hit by the earlier dollar strength, it makes sense that they're the ones that are, um, you know, that have picked up the most. But so with the US dollar just generally, uh, you know, recovering a little bit of, uh, of, of last week's losses, perhaps no surprise that they're the weakest. Although one story that did um, catch our eye yesterday, and it's showing up in the iron ore futures uh, market being off over 3% in the last 24 hours as a story in the Global Times suggesting that um, China is going to try and, and provide more support for its domestic iron ore um, production uh, capabilities in order to lessen its dependence on imports, including from countries such as Australia. Um, so um, that certainly had an impact on the iron ore price, whether or not it's, it has any impact on terms of the slightly softer Aussie. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to make that, uh, make that leap, but it could be, it could be a factor. Something to watch. Yeah, yeah. And what about the New Zealand dollar then, given that they are, there's perhaps light at the end of the tunnel for them. Most of, us, of New Zealand is moving to level two restrictions. 
Auckland is still at level four, uh, but that could change in a week because they think they might have con- contained it. So good for them. Uh, mind you, they still have a fairly low vaccination rate, don't they? 31%, I think, fully vaccinated, uh, but rising quickly. Uh, so so where does New Zealand go? I mean, it, this looks like good news for them. Does that, so that, does that imply strength in, uh, in the New Zealand dollar? What's it mean for New Zealand bonds? How's their economy going to react to all of this? Well, a lot depends on what you now think the RBNZ will do at the uh, October window. And as you say, it is good news. Um, it's, you know, the, the messaging out of the RBNZ has been that, um, you know, it was the optics and, and the timing of the uh, the first outbreak, excuse me, of Delta that, that led us to, to just uh, postpone something that would inevitably have happened anyway. So with the, you know, with, with clear evidence, if you like, that uh, they're getting their, 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 their virus outbreak under control, it, it would embolden the markets to think that um, 25 is now baked in the cake as far as the October meeting. Um, I think it is 100% price that they will do at least 25%. Um, and, the, and the risk is that the market will edge back towards thinking, well, there's some chance that they'll do 50. Um, you know, given that the RBNZ told us that um, and it was under, it was on the on the table for consideration um, last month. So, uh, so on that basis you would think that um you know mm. the, the new zealand dollar could maybe pick up a little bit but it's it's you have to say also that uh rbnz tightening expectations have made scant impression on the new zealand dollar in recent weeks and months unlike you know every twist and turn in fed policy thinking sees the dollar up or down but it's uh, that's not been the case in new zealand so um but anyway, the good news is that uh, you know economic activity as we've seen previously in new zealand does tend to rebound very very quickly yep. when uh, they're able to reopen and that looks to be uh, looks to be happening yeah it gives hope for australia too then doesn't it really uh, just follow that pattern look the uh, the german zoo the the confidence survey today also industrial production for july the confidence is more important than ever right now isn't it you know we, we see how countries are reacting to their to their covid situation confidence is telling us how quick that bounce back is going to happen that's right i think the expectation there is that the current conditions will show an improvement but confidence might take a little bit of a of a hit so um so be a little bit of interest in that and also just worth noting that um, um german factory orders you know jumped by over three percent yesterday although i think led by uh, a lumpy increase in demand for for ships from uh, from foreign purchases but um but the, the problem there is we know whether production can keep pace with uh, with orders because of supply chain disruptions and the evidence at the moment is is a resounding no right well we'll leave it there for now all eyes on the rba today obviously we'll talk about that no doubt tomorrow morning as well good to talk ray catch you soon well Dave, thanks Phil. and if they do push on with tapering today contrary to popular opinion you heard it first on the morning call of course uh, i'm phil dobby for now back again tomorrow morning see you then